Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Ish. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Pendarvis Harshaw, and this is Right Nowish. Growing up in Oakland, the sex industry is this thing that you can't not notice. It's embedded in the culture, from movies to music. It's in the streets and it's in the schools. And because it's a thing that's not only impacted me, but people close to me, it's something I wanted to learn more about. There's a lot of gray area when it comes to understanding the different types of involvement in the industry here. Luckily, there are people out there working to dispel some of the misconceptions of sex work, sex trafficking, and the sex industry as a whole in the Bay Area. And I'm about to get my questions answered. Stay tuned. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Connie Wen. Dr. Wan, or Connie, is a professor at Mills College in Oakland and the executive director of Asian and Pacific Islander Women Lead. She also goes around the country talking about issues of race and gender and violence. I should note that I met Connie in the political realm. We were both working with the nonprofit, combating different forms of oppression in America. And now she combines her research with personal experience because Connie is a former sex worker. But talking about it isn't always easy. Connie has only recently grown comfortable enough to share her own experiences as a sex worker. For example, this recent Instagram post. So I'm wearing a leather corset that I love and still have. Oh my God. And then I'm wearing leather booty shorts. <laughs> uh, and then these really great leather heels. They're stripper heels. Let's just call them what they are because everybody's wearing them now. All right. So seeing her IG post was a bit... um surprising. But after reading the caption, it actually didn't stray away from her political focus at all. 
So the um, post says, every single experience informs my politics and commitments. Every day I own my stories. Thriving as a Vietnamese woman born in Oakland who worked her butt off in every single way, including through brain surgeries and a racist, sexist PhD program, and in a society that imagines and treats us like we are subservient, this will require that we unsettle others. I am so ready. Our stories, our power. I'm coming for you, unapologetically. It's a shot fired. It was. It's it a is. straight shot fired. It is. It yeah. totally is. That's like, it's a cannon fired. Why now? It's a time by which I think sex workers and former sex workers need to kind of take the stage a little bit. I, I did it because I wanted to claim our space. And then I also did it because I wanted to claim who I am. There's also something really empowering about like climbing a pole, turning around and the whole, everybody in that audience looking at you like, dang, she's fly. Like, and you know you're fly. That's something we don't teach our young people. We don't teach each other how to embrace the flyness of it. The only part is in the sex trade, it exploits it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But there is nothing wrong with like the fierce femme in everybody. Like if I could teach you how to climb a pole, I would do that. And I would want you to feel so fierce climbing that pole, swimming, like, I want you to feel like, man, let me just pop that. Like, yo, I would love to teach you how to like, be the flyest person in your body right now. And, Cause there's nothing more empowering than being embodied and being able to like, command like people with your sensuality because you're embodied. There's nothing like yeah. it. We yeah. just get exploited in this society for it. You know, and women get punished for it. All right. So I've never imagined myself on a pole. But after talking to Connie, I started to see how dancing and other forms of consensual sex work could be empowering. She made it clear to me how working in the sex trade needs to be viewed very differently than sex trafficking. There needs to be a lot more conversation around what the sex trade is, generally speaking. Right. Because people are now mainly having conversations around sex work or sex trafficking when there's a bunch of stuff in between. When we're talking about trafficking, it's coerced. Um, elements of trafficking tend to include coerced and non-consensual violence, sometimes looks like kidnapping. I'm trying to figure out a way to tease these things apart because so many people are talking about it as the same thing. How do you get to the point where the, the masses know the difference between the two? What I'm hoping to do is to do more research with people who are involved in the trade so that people can tell their stories, so they can help us to identify the differences, right? So, for instance, in my previous research, one of the girls that I ended up talking to, her experience was having been kidnapped on Park here in Oakland and having, you know, her experience include kid kidnapping and then trafficking across, you know, Reno, Sacramento. So she talks about being essentially held in captivity and how the school was not prepared for that, right? And so what they essentially did was ignore it. And then eventually they called CPS. I've also worked with young girls who have participated in the trade. They wouldn't have been trafficked, right? They coerced or not, they're on the streets. Um, and, you know, back in the day they were on Craigslist, right? Like one girl was kidnapped and then other girls are trying to figure out, you know, how to make money. Both are punished and both are criminalized by school or the criminal justice system. If they don't understand the differences, they're just going to continue 
criminalizing my kids, right? And then they won't understand the context of what's happening. So you're not going to be able to stop trafficking because you don't know the difference. And that's major. Yeah. I guess taking the mask off. One of the things that brought me in to talk to you is that like close friends of mine, even family members have experienced what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, as you're talking, I'm like, I'm thinking literally of my sister's story. Okay. And Oakland Public Schools, middle school, she gets kicked out and then she falls into essentially a profession of stripping for the rest of 20 years until recently, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... Yes, it was her quote unquote choice Mm -hmm. to do this. At the same time, what influenced that choice? What, you know, like. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, People tell our our kids and ourselves, like, going to school is is what's going to, like, get us out of oppression. But we don't account for how schools are violent and how they oppress and how they hurt. I'd prefer for us to explore the relationship between our educational system and the sex trade. But the policing that's happening in schools is what is the policing that's happening in the sex trade. One and the same. Mm-hmm. You're policing. You know, schools hold kids captive. Schools punish kids all the time. We have to be able to, like, not dichotomize that way. It's like schools and prisons. Mm-hmm. Schools and prisons. So what's then what happens? Yeah. This is the sound of my mind being blown, you know, like the for real, like I'd never thought about it like such. I'm a former sexual assault counselor. So when I would see my kids um, and experience their violence or their criminalization, I realized that the schooling system wasn't helpful. So I decided to go back and get my PhD and to try to figure out why all this violence was happening and what to do about it. And f- with purpose, I think, you know, like I don't wanna just tell the story just cause, like I want people to understand what's happening so that we can support people effectively. Yeah. And, and the whatever violence we decide, we name it to be, like I want us to do that in, the, in service of that. With all of the gray areas and the need for understanding when it comes to the sex industry, Connie makes one thing very clear. There's no need for that savior mindset. There's a need for listening and understanding and diving deeper into the root of the systematic issues for both people who don't want to be sex trafficked and for people who want to be sex workers. This conversation has always been a tough area for me. Like, Come on, man. I grew up listening to Drew Down and Too Short, music that made Pimpin' and Mac and cool. On the other hand, I saw girls I went to middle school with standing on East 14th on a late night. And then there's people like my sister who uh, found empowerment through dancing, more empowerment than she ever found in a classroom. And this interview with Connie, it brought a lot of that into the light. The classroom, the sex industry, and the oppressive forces that people face in America when it comes to simply having control over your body. It's a lot, but I just wanted to do my part to get this conversation going. So, thank you to Dr. Connie Wan for your work. Thank you to my sister for being my big sis and for being open with me about your experiences. And thank you to the organizations working with people who are looking to get out of the life. And thank you for the people who are fighting for the safety and rights of those who want to live the life. Lastly, 
big thank you to all of those who will continue this conversation as it's something we need to talk about, especially in the Bay Area right now. This show is produced by Ashley and Craigbaum, edited by Jessica Plachik, and made possible by the good folks over at KQED. That's Holly Kernan, David Marcus, and Julie Kane. If you got a minute, give this podcast a rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And continue to spread the word about what we're doing. It's much appreciated. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Thank you for listening. Peace. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid. And I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.